You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. We give God praise. We give Him thanks. He's a faithful God. The Bible says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It never ceases. We thank God for the mercy of today. The mercy for being called His children. The Bible says while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. For bringing us into His family. Appreciate the name of the Lord. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. I don't know if you took part in that praise and worship. But it's your time. Your time to say something nice to God. To appreciate Him to thank him for the privilege of becoming his children and therefore a rightful owner having access to all that God has made available to his heirs. Lord, we worship your holy name. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you for this morning. You are worthy of praise. Jehovah, Lord, there is none like you. Lord, we lift our hands high in the air to say thank you. Thank you. And in submission, we say, Lord, come and have your way today. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, come and speak to us. Lord, come and guide us. Come and coach us, O Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, let your word be the compass that will take us to where we are going. In the name of Jesus Christ, blessed be your holy name, O Lord. O pray, Lord God, that our ears will not only hear, but our hearts will believe. And therefore, our hands will do what your word says. And indeed, we shall be blessed as doers. In the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your name, O Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us again this morning. We do not take it for granted. We thank God for your lives. We thank God for your faithfulness. We thank God for you being there, for you inviting others, for you sending out this message to others. Week in, week out, we hear reports of our brethren far and near who share these messages with their loved ones, family and friends. I want to pray especially for you today that the Lord will bless you. What you are doing is part of ministry. Not all of us, we, we have the privilege of preaching, but all of us can have the privilege of spreading the word of God. We can have the privilege of helping others. And this is what you are doing. May the Lord remember your good work and bless you abundantly in the name of Jesus Christ. May He meet you at the point of your need. May He send helpers your way, those who will help what you are doing. May they come speedily from the north, from the east, from the south, from the west. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the Lord remember your good works. In the name of Jesus Christ. And to all the technical crew behind the scenes, the Lord bless and reward you. To every listener, I welcome you once more this morning. And I know that the Lord will do us good. If you recall, last week we started a series called I'm Going Somewhere. I'm Going Somewhere. And we began that series uh, starting to analyze the journey of someone who is going somewhere using the illustration of a car. A car. So last week we started by checking the first part of the car, the engine. And uh, the topic last week was small engine. We talked about a number of things around the necessity for you to have the requisite uh, engine capacity to go to where you are going to. Some journeys in life require that your engine be big enough, no matter how well-intentioned a small generator is. I heard this from Pastor Fela Bancolemo, 
that no matter how well intentioned your small tiger generator is, it cannot power a, a 28 story building. There are things that you have good intention to do, but you do not have the capacity to do it. So you need to step up. And in stepping up, we gave three options. You can either go and borrow the capacity, pretend to be somebody you are not, or latch on to another person's capabilities. That will work for a while. But the day we come, the person that you are borrowing capacity from will be needing theirs, and there will be no spare capacity, no usage for you to put your own throughput. Then you'll be exposed, which is not good, because people would have rated you higher than your real capacity. And then you are thrust into something bigger than you can handle. And then they find out, oh, you have actually been copying all the while. This is not your authentic capacity. And then it's not good for anyone. It's not good for you. It's not good for those who are depending on you. We talked about another option, buying capacity. And for those who have resources, they can buy some capacities that are on the shelf, provided they can pay the price. But the problem is, some capacities we need in life, are not on the shelf. In fact, you are not going to be able to buy them. And we mentioned one of such capacities in scriptures, which is a spiritual capacity. And by the way, we talked about different kinds of capacities to build. Spiritual, social, mental. We talked about physical. We talked about different kinds of capacities you need to build. Some of those capacities are not available on the shelf. You cannot buy them. So what do you do? But they can be built. If it's a capacity, it can be built. And which now led us to the third option of building capacity. And we emphasized um, how important this is to our journey of going somewhere. You need to settle down and build capacity. And we talked about the ways of building capacity. I'm not going to go over the entire message. Please, if you like to get that message, drop us a message on this platform and we will be sure to send you that message. God bless you real good. So today we go straight to our topic for the day in continuation of the series of I'm going somewhere and using our same illustration of a car. Today's topic is cruise control, cruise control. You know, the first time I ever bought a car, I was fascinated about that small button I saw by the side of the steering and they wrote cruise control on it. And I was asking myself, I was wondering, what does this do? You know, I like to explore functionalities of anything I buy. This is a phone, it's a car, it's whatever. You need to know what every part does so that you can make the maximum use of what you have spent your money buying. So I picked up the manual and started checking. What does cruise control mean? What does it do? Why is it on this car? And I found something very interesting. That you actually use cruise control if you are going on a long, smooth, straight journey. So it helps you to lock in a particular speed. You have accelerated your car to a particular speed. Then you lock it in and you can, you know, fold your legs and uh, just turn the steering wheel and the car is going at the particular speed. That sounds good. That's so sweet. No need to press the accelerator pedal. Just, you know, relax. And the car will maintain the same speed. No fatigue for the driver. You just sit down, be gisting, you know, just turning the steering. Same speed. I said, wow, this is fantastic. So I tried to use it a couple of times. But I've forgotten that I'm in Nigeria. Hmm? Number one, the road is not smooth. <laughs> so this is not going to work. Number two, there's always traffic in the city where I live. 
So you can't actually use that same speed. You're going to jam somebody. Sooner or later. There are bombs all over the place. So at some point, you need to apply brakes. So really, this calm called cruise control cannot work for me. It cannot work for me. So after that time, I never tried to use it again because it's really of no real use in my real situation. Ah, exactly the way it is for the journey of going somewhere great. Yes, you are going somewhere great. And you are dreaming and fantasizing about cruise control. How everything will just be going smoothly. No intervention from your part. No pressing the pedal. Just fold your legs. The journey has started. You have managed to get your journey to a particular speed. Let me not cross my leg. Let it continue to go. Automatically, I will get there. God has said I will get there. Yes, I will get there. Automatically. Mm-mm, wake up. That's not how it works. Success is not automatic. In real life, effort is required. You need to apply effort. You cannot leave it on a business as usual approach. It's not going to work. So friends, this morning, as you are rightly saying that you are going somewhere, we want to consider why you should not be using the cruise control approach to where you are going. This so-called cruise control or business as usual approach is the explanation for why many enterprises of the past that we saw, they have disappeared. And I'm not, I'm not naming any companies. I'm not naming any church. I'm not naming any school. I'm not naming any nation. But listen to me carefully and please have an open mind. People, entities, companies, churches, schools, nations that have this cruise control attitude to life never get to where they are going never you leave everything to chance or you keep doing the barest minimum hoping you will somehow get there somebody is going to innovate and throw you out of the market somebody is going to start something with more energy and get you out of market somebody is going to think out of the box and throw you out of relevance. Look at, look around you. Look around you. Some companies we knew 20 years ago, 15 years ago, they are folded up. They were on cruise control. Meanwhile, some people came, they called them disruptors. <laughs> they were on high acceleration. They were just accelerating, trying new things, trying new things. Boom! They found something that is new because they kept pressing. They kept pressing the gas. They kept accelerating. They kept looking for something. They kept wanting to be better. Those that were satisfied with the level where they were and did nothing further and took a do-nothing scenario, a business-as-usual approach, are gone. Check them out. I know churches that are locked up today. Not because the Holy Spirit has vacated the planet. They were doing things at the same level that they have been doing things. The energy level is low. The focus is low. They have abandoned all responsibility to the Holy Spirit and they did nothing. They said, Jesus, take the wheel. We would like to take the pillow. It doesn't work like that. Cruise control is on your car that is driving in a very civilized nation 
All the roads are smooth. No police checkpoint. No bombs. No area boys jumping. No no uh, keke. No bikes crossing indiscriminately. Everything is predictable. Unfortunately, that's not how the journey of life is. There will be surprises. There will be bends. You cannot enter a bend with the same speed you've been carrying. I think that's one of the first things they told us about driving. When you approach a bend, you slow down. So your cruise control has to be broken, right? When you press the brakes, most cars on, on cruise control mode, once you press the brake, everything changes. So cruise control is not going to work in your journey. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of First Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read a few verses, maybe two. I'm going to read verse 9 and verse 10. This letter or epistle was written by our beloved Apostle Paul. The Bible says in verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I've read this passage many, 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 many times. And I discovered two things in this passage that many of us do not like paying attention to. There are two things the apostle mentioned here as functions of the grace. And for me, this, this is... This is something that I find very painful because the victims of the ignorance of this message are Christians, believers. Why? We only focus on only one part of this particular scripture and throw the other part away. Paul the apostle said, see, I understand what grace is. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. But that's not where he started. He started in verse 9. That actually... I'm an apostle, but I know that I'm not qualified to be an apostle. By virtue of what I did before, I persecuted the church of God. So I do not qualify. Say, but wait a minute. Grace came and made me qualified. Fantastic. Fantastic. Brilliant. So he's saying, grace is something that makes me qualified despite my past. Grace is that which gives me what I'm not qualified for, despite my shortcomings. And this is the only level of grace that many of us walk in. When God intervenes to give you miraculously, to give you by his sovereign will and wisdom and power, what you do not deserve, what in normal reckoning you should not have, but he gives you all the same. Great. So Paul said, I recognize and acknowledge that where I am today, that is in the office of an apostle, I do not qualify for it. It was given to me by grace. Fantastic. But he went on further. And this is the point that we miss. He said, mm -mm, in verse 10, he said, but, <laughs> listen, but, by the grace of God, I am what I am. 
and his grace toward me was not in vain. How so? He said, because I labored more abundantly than they all. Somebody said labor. I didn't hear you. Somebody said labored. Oh yes. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they all. I was a workaholic. I worked at them. I wasn't banking on level one grace, which qualifies me to be in this office and say it is over. Now that I'm here, let me begin to rest and cross my legs. He said, no, I applied level two of that grace. What does level two do? He said, yet not I. He mentioned that I labored, but he quickly put a caveat. Yet not I. But why? What's the explanation? He said, but the grace of God, which was with me. So that grace gave me an enablement, an enablement to labor exceedingly. Listen to me, friends. He's saying, this grace has two dimensions. I'm going to maximize the two. What made a difference between Paul and other disciples is his ability to maximize grace level two. So, today I'm challenging you. God has brought you somewhere by grace level one and you have stopped. You have stopped pressing the pedal. You have stopped accelerating. I challenge you, go to grace level two. Grace level two enables you to work so hard, harder than the people around you, so that you can get farther than where they got. And this is what this was the experience of Paul. By the grace of God, Paul wrote like 13 out of the 27 uh, books in the New Testament. 13, only him. Of course, we are not counting the book of Acts that was written about him for over half of the chapters. In the book of Acts, this man went beyond every other disciple, every other apostle. He went on missionary journeys that spanned continents. Where you call Asia Minor today, some part of it is in today's Europe. This man went all that far from where he started from. Bible said he was taking letters from Jerusalem on how he was going to get people arrested. He was on his way to Damascus. He was everywhere. Do you know where Damascus is today? This was a man that would not stop. He kept going everywhere. He kept going everywhere. He stood before kings. He stood before governors. He stood before generals. He stood before scholars, professors, people who knew the law, people who could argue logic. Paul stood before them. His leg was permanently on the gas. He kept going. Paul didn't look like somebody who was on cruise control because he understood that where he was going was far. For him to get there, he cannot rest. And he did not rest. The Bible said even when he was in prison, he was still writing letters. He was still doing ministry. He said you can stop the ministry of going on the street. You cannot stop the ministry of writing. He kept writing. He kept receiving visitors, even in prison. Paul wasn't on cruise control. He understood very clearly that in the question of success, God has a role and we have a role. God's role is to open the door miraculously. Your role is to labor effectively. And then we turn around, having not done ours, we make God look like a liar. God said, I'm going somewhere. He said, I'm going to be president. Oh yes, God said you're going to be president. He hasn't changed his mind. But you have a part to play in that, becoming president. 
You have a part to play. Have you started developing yourself? Have you continued in the journey of developing yourself? Have you registered with the political party? Are you becoming political aware? What stations do you listen to? Is only Netflix you watch? And what do you watch there? Just something to make you laugh? Have you been watching documentaries? Have you been reading history? Have you been asking questions? Have you been thinking strategically? You need to put your leg on the gas. You have not even started your arresting. God is our advantage. He's not our errand boy. What he does is to open a door. Put you in a vantage position. It's your job to fire the accelerator. It's your job. It's your job. Bible says he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What tells you you want him to give you? To still do the job for you after he has given you the resources? What are you going to be doing? Your life cannot be on cruise control if you really intend to go very far in life. It cannot be. It cannot be. And I'm speaking to you today at this moment. Some of you are in your final year in school and you're already hearing those, those things they say. Oh, as you are going out of this campus, you are praying. I'm not going into the labor market. I'm going to the favor market. Amen. But when... You enter favor market and favor market lands you a job. You need to labor. You have to press the gas. God is not the one that will be blamed if you lose that job after he gave you a miraculous placement. He's not the one to blame. If you get to the job, oh, on the first day, you had a very good attitude. You went for the interview. You dressed well. You did everything well. You practiced. You spoke well. You arrived on time and they gave you the job. Once they gave you the job, you began to cruise. Then you go whenever you like. You do whatever you like. You speak to your boss however you like. You treat your job the way you like. You are cruising. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That's not how it works. Favor might have got you that job. It's not favor that will keep it. It's labor that will keep it. And you need to do your part. We have to tell ourselves the truth. As we preach... The miraculous hand of God, able to set things in order for you, able to push you to places. We also have to preach your duty. Your duty, your, your needs to be responsible for that, what happens in that journey. You cannot abandon it to something automatic. Let it just keep going on its own. It cannot work. It cannot work. Or maybe you are a jam bite, you have just entered. Result is just out, you are just about to enter. And somehow you, you are confident now the admission is in your pocket or you are in year one. The admission is in your pocket. Thank God for that admission. Not that you are dreaming of becoming a graduate. Are you prepared to press through to the finish line? Are you prepared? You know, I, I saw a lot of this while on campus. People came in fired. They scored very high in UTME. You know, and they, they, are, they are in already and uh, you know, you already have a department, you got a good placement, and then they stop the very things that brought them to the school, working hard, studying hard. They stop it, and all they just do is, you know, come to class, sit at the back, lecturers in front, and they are gisting, and expecting everything to still go, come out well. No, it will not come out well. At the end of the semester, when you go to check the board and check your results, it's not going to come out well. There's a difference between the result of somebody who is cruising through school and the person who is firing the pedal, there's a difference. Don't let anybody fool you. There's a difference. 
it's not time to start the cruise. You know, if you fly, if you fly often, you understand how the trajectory is. At the first, you know, you taxi, then you take off, then you reach a particular altitude, you know, 38,000 feet, 33,000 feet, depending on whether it's an international flight or a local flight. Then, you know, you're going to hear an announcement, now we have reached a cruising altitude or so, 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 and so. You may choose to release your seat belt or keep it loosely fastened, you know, until you hear the next instruction where you have to fasten it properly and all that. Many of us have not reached that cruising altitude in life. You want to cruise. It cannot work like that. Don't let the enemy use you to catch cruise. It doesn't work like that. You have just landed a fantastic job. God has sent that job to end your journey towards where he wants to take you in life. Next thing, you are feeling on top of the world already. Ah, Ebenezer, we have landed it. Let's begin to, re- to enjoy and relax. Wake up, brother. Wake up, sister. The journey is still very far. It's still very, very, very far. It's not time to start cruising. It's not. That business is just taking off. And you're already behaving like the plane has reached at 3,000 feet. Mm-mm. It's not time to activate that cruise control. Keep mounting. Keep soaring. Keep going up. You have just released two singles. Nesting, fan page. Okay, when the fans start coming, what content are you going to be interacting with on your page? You are going to be posting football, life scores. You are supposed to be a singer, right? So it's time not to be cruising, pretending like you have arrived. No, it's time to go back, go and write more songs, go and record more songs, go and do more videos. It's time to accelerate. It's not time to be on cruise control. Whatever your journey is in life, are you a preacher? Are you a... you're a student, you're, you're, you're a career person, you're a ministry, you're a footballer. This applies to everybody. Where are you going? Wherever you are going, you need to apply pressure. You need to put your leg on the gas. Philippians chapter 3. Let's go to verse 12. By the way, this book of Philippians was also written... By the same apostle Paul, the man who understands the need not to be on cruise control. If you read verse 12 of the book of Philippians chapter 3, the Bible says, Not that I have already attained. <laughs> By the time he was writing this, what Paul had attained, in fact, if any of us today, pastors, if we attain half of it, we will build a monument. Say, come and see, I will just open a museum. Come and see all the things I've attained. All the trophies I want is enough. You say, I paid my dues. It's time to relax. What else are we looking for in this life? This Paul, by the time he was writing this, had attained a lot. Had covered continents. Had won thousands of souls. Had mentored people. Had raised leaders. Had built churches. Had founded many things. Had led a movement. Was leading a movement. Apostle Paul led a movement. The movement of taking grace to the Gentiles. Those who were supposed not to be part of God's family. He led what it took to take the gospel to them. And here he was saying, Not that I have I've already attained or I'm already perfected. Say, but I press on. Somebody say, I press on. I press on. This is the secret of progress. And you giving yourself a chance of getting to where you are going. He said, I press on. I press on. 
that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. That is, if I'm going to accomplish that for which I was called, for which God recruited me. He said, this is the secret. God recruited me for the purpose of taking his name before the Gentiles. Go and read your Bible. Go back to the book of Acts. If you read chapter 9. When it was being commissioned, God was saying, this is the reason I'm sending you. He will suffer many things for me and he will take my name before the Gentiles. So this was why he was apprehended. He was arrested. He was hunted. So he's saying, for me to do that, which God had in mind, that is to embark on that journey and reach my destination, so I need to press on. I need to press on. In verse 13, I went on to say, say, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. One of the things you need to keep in mind in your journey of going somewhere is to have this mindset. A mindset to say, I don't think I'm doing enough yet. I do not think I have attained yet. I do not think I have apprehended. It's like you looking at the progress bar on a download you are making. And your progress bar is on 3%. This was Paul's perpetual mindset. I think there is more. I think I can do more. I think I need to conquer more lands. I think I need to reach more places. I think I need to put in more effort. As long as he sustained that mindset, he kept making progress. He didn't know... When he, when he left all the other disciples behind, he did not know they were not his yardstick. They were not. So many of us, we cheat ourselves by comparing ourselves to others. You said you are going somewhere. Are you sure you are really going somewhere? If you are going somewhere, face where you are going. They say focus on your focus. Look at where you are going. Forget about where others are going. They may be going at the speed that they are going because where they are going to is not far. Some of them are coasting because in their minds, they are close to where they are going. If you are going somewhere far, you cannot be looking permanently in your rear view mirror. You got to look forward and keep firing down. Keep firing down. So the Bible says, Paul said, I count myself to not have apprehended. To not have apprehended. If today you count yourself to have apprehended, then maybe cruise control is for you. But I believe that I'm talking to people who are going somewhere far, who are going to where eyes have not seen, who are going to where ears have not heard, who are going to places that have not yet come into the heart of any man. Those places that God has reserved for you, special people. It is in times that are places God wants us to reach that we have not even scratched at all. So don't feel, don't carry that mindset to say I've achieved something. You have not achieved anything yet. Can you fire on? Can you keep pressing? He said, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. If you look behind, if you check the rearview mirror, you will see some good, some bad, some ugly things. He said, I do not care about those things. Whether I did very well in the past, I did this, I achieved this on campus, I had this kind of result. He said, I do not care. Whether I even failed back then, I do not care. Whether I messed up, I do not care. All that matters to me is where I'm going. And I know that what will get me there is not keeping my eyes on the rear view mirror is by putting my eyes in front and putting my legs on the pedal. That's how I get there. He said, I do one thing. I forget those things which are behind and reaching forward 
to those things which are ahead. Somebody say, reach forward. Reach forward. Don't cruise. Reach forward. Press that accelerator. Press it. Press it hard. Press it hard. I press. Verse 14. I press toward the goal. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the goal. Do you still recognize your goal? Are you pressing? Are you pressing? Are you pressing? You got to press on. It's not time to fold your arms and fold your legs and let things run on their own. It's time to press on. It's time to keep your leg on the pedal and keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. Keep driving it. Keep driving it. No matter the speed at which you are going today, if you take your legs off the pedal, it's just over time. That car that is taking you somewhere is going to grind to a halt. That's the way life works. It's not going to maintain the same speed forever. Mm-mm. Cruise control is a scam. It's not going to stay on the same speed. There are bumps on that road that will slow you down. There is friction on that road that will slow you down. It's not going to go like that. Actually, things generate when we fail to give them attention. Everything degenerates. Things degenerate when we we fail to show attention. Check. Look around. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. God told Adam. He said, this garden of Eden, I'm putting you in there. Tend it and keep it. The day that the enemy came to assault his home, Adam didn't do the job of keeping it. Therefore, they lost Eden. He allowed things to run. No. Allowing things to run, you not being in charge, is not going to help your ministry. It's not going to help your journey. It's not going to help anything. You've got to take control. Keep your leg on that pedal. Be the one in charge. Keep firing down. Keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. Some of us listening this morning are parents of young children. And we have left their parenting on cruise control. Leaving it, doing nothing about it. They will just grow up. They will just turn out right. Mm-mm. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. TV, social media, everything else is going to mold them. There's no vacuum. If you are not doing your job, something else, somebody else will do that job for you and they will do a bad job of it. You cannot leave it on auto. It's not going to work like that. You have been praying for God to bring your life partner and suddenly they have come. You have started a relationship and I know how hard you worked to be able to convince her I know how hard you work to be able to position where. And then the relationship has started. You left it on cruise control. It's going to work out by itself. No, it's not. It's not going to work out by itself. You need to put in effort. You're going in that journey. You want to get married. That's your destination. Oh, yes. You need to work during the relationship. You need to work at it. You need to work on yourself. You need to put your legs on the gas. You need to get better. Your communication needs to get better. Your attention to details needs to get better. Everything needs to improve. Oh, you're newly married. Thank God. One phase of the journey has already been accomplished. You caught it properly. And now you are married. Oh yes, the journey has just started. Are you feeling like you have attained 
or that you have apprehended it already. If you go in that mindset, it's not going to work. Your marriage needs you to put your legs on the gas and get it working. You've just been promoted. You worked very hard. You're behind that role. You have talked to everybody in your organization. Finally, you have been promoted. Now, you have a new title. You have new responsibility. You have higher responsibility. It's not time to take off your leg from the gas and say, let it run. No. The thing that brought you there is the thing that will keep you there or take you to the next level. Is this where you are going? You are only allowed to cruise when you have reached your highest height. Listen to me. When planes, when they reach their highest height, then they cruise. Guess what happens after that height? They come down. Yes. So are you preparing to start your descent into the next airport? Maybe you can start to cruise. But if you are not yet ready, if you have not reached your destination, if you have not reached your maximum height, keep mounting. Keep going on. Keep going on. Look all through scriptures. I wish I had time to talk to everybody in scripture that got to where they were going to. You will see people who did not stop. People who kept accelerating. People who didn't stop. People who kept pushing. They cooperated with God to do their part of what is required to get to where God was taking them. Look at Daniel. Then there was a man who blasted in school. And he excelled at work. When it was time to be on campus in Babylon, the Bible said Daniel was ten times better. Ten times better. Not only him, but the rest of his friends, they were ten times better. It's not luck to be ten times better. It's not. If he had stopped when they wanted to get him arrested, when they were looking for things to use to nail him, they would have found something. The Bible said he was so good, they could not find anything to nail him, except something that has to do with his God. Nothing. So, in character, he was impeccable. In delivery, his, his work was impeccable. Speed of doing his job, his work was impeccable. Every parameter you could use, every KPI you could set to screen Daniel out, Daniel excelled at it. A man who is on cruise control, who is doing business as usual, cannot do that. It's not possible. That shows a pattern of consistently doing something towards where he was going. The Bible said concerning him, he will go to his house and he will kneel to pray as usual. He was a consistent man. A man who would continue to apply pressure. He served four kings, four four kings that wasn't a man of cruise control even in retirement they go they have to go and call him to still come and consult from retirement that wasn't a man that was on cruise control that was a man that was on fire his legs was on the fire he fired all through look at joseph joseph was outstanding at home and he was calling away goals Everywhere he went, he kept doing something about his life. He kept pushing something about where he was going. Finally, he got there and we say it's by mistake. It's not by mistake. It's not luck. Mm -mm. It's not luck. Joseph was a man who couldn't stop being an administrator. 
He kept pushing it. He kept pushing it. He was an administrator at home. His father gave him charge to look over the business, going to get reports from the fields. That's at me work. <laughs> That's at me work. He would go to the field to get reports. When he was sold as a slave, he was head at me. Leading the entire house. The Bible said Potiphar left everything in his care. He was in charge. And if did God bless that household because of Joseph. Of course, when he got to prison, it was not difficult to identify him because he kept pushing him. He was somebody who was easy to spot. The Bible said the, the word has put him in charge of the rest of the prisoners. Everybody and everything that was under his care was well taken care of. That was a man that didn't stop doing what he was doing. He kept doing it harder and better. Of course, when he had charge of an entire country, a country that was a superpower of his days, he did excellently well up to the time that he died. This is the secret. You're going somewhere far, you can't put your, your driving on cruise control. Your legs must be on the pedal. Must be on the pedal. I know that you're going somewhere. But you need to keep your legs on the accelerator. You must take responsibility for your journey. Must. Must. There's a part that God has to play. There's a part that you have to play. And don't expect that, that your part is going to be easy. But know that there is grace to do it. There is grace to do it. Whatever God has called you to do, no matter what journey you have set your heart to go, there is grace to go there. There is grace to labor for it. There is grace to put in the required work. There is grace. You know, you know when you look at machines, they, they call something mechanical advantage. Hmm? God is our spiritual advantage. But there's still a need for effort. It makes you more efficient. But there's still a place for effort. You need to put in effort. You can't leave it to chance. You can't abdicate your responsibility for God. God to do everything? No. That can only land in disappointment. Where you are going requires your impute. And it requires a conscious, conscious effort. Conscious effort. Not passive, but active effort. Active one. And I know by the grace of God that you will get there. Make sure you do not nullify the grace. Paul said, I do not make the grace to be in vain. For the grace of God that was given to me, not only made me qualified, even though I wasn't supposed to be qualified, and I did not take that grace to be in vain. I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I want you to make a resolution. Analyze your life. Check what's going on. Are there areas where you, have, you, you seem to have abandoned everything to chance? You have left everything. Let it just go at its normal pace. I want you to address that area in your life. I say today, I'm, I'm making a resolution. I change from this mindset. I'm going to do something about it. I'm tired of this do-nothing approach to life. I'm going to do something about this. God has not changed his mind about where he said he's taking you. He has not. But you must do your part. 
That part requires your effort. It requires your input. Make a list. What are the things I need to do differently? Towards the place that God has in mind for me. What are those things I need to do differently? Those things I need to do actively. Make a list. But don't stop at the list. Start actioning them. Begin from today. Begin from today. In your journey towards greatness, begin to pay your own price. Begin to make inputs on the success. Don't just let things be. Do something about it. This is a balanced approach. The role of God and your role. With your cooperation, you will get there. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you as many that are struggling to find the grace to labor appropriately, to labor abundantly, to labor exceedingly. May you discover that grace in you in the name of Jesus Christ. Those of you who are easily overcome by fatigue, those of you who are being robbed persistently by sleep, may you receive grace to overcome and do what is required and put in the required effort towards where God is taking you in life in the name of Jesus Christ. Your vehicle will not be stalled on the road in the name of Jesus Christ. Your vehicle will not grind to a halt. You shall get to your destination in the name of Jesus Christ. You will not be slothful in the name of Jesus Christ. You will be fervent in the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you so much for joining us today. Please follow the announcement that will be coming right after this. And make sure to join us next week. We'll be going to another part of the car that is taking you somewhere. You are going somewhere. And you will get there in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store. And also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street, off Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.